how you use them. Welcome to the BizTalk Podcast, where we hope we leave you better than we found you. I am here this week with Kai, and we are going to dive into some things today. And we also have over on the computer, pulling charts and everything, Angel, also known as DJ Reckless, I think is a... Yep, let's yeah. just not be reckless on those On the weekends, today. right? On the weekends, DJ Reckless. Anyway, I want to dive into a few things here. we got a few stats here, and then we're going to dive into a case study. I'm going to run down a case study on CNN. Many people have asked for it, so we're going to today kind of take you through the last two years at CNN in case study style and see, are there some lessons in there for us, whether we're operating a T-shirt company in Berlin or a small tech company of our own somewhere in the United States, Austin, Silicon Valley? Are there some lessons in there? I say yes, and let's dive into it. So... Over the weekend, was looking into some things, and, um, you know, I've been sounding like a bear. You know, the bear and the bull, and the bear is down on the market. The bull is optimistic about the market. And um, people say, you've been sounding like a bear. I don't mean to be. I'm just a weatherman. I'm looking at the charts, and if it says rain, I say rain. If it says tornado, I say tornado. And if it says hurricane, I say get out of town until the storm's passed. But that's what I've been seeing it. So I, I am at heart a bull at heart. I am an optimist. I believe entrepreneurs are the solution to so many things in America, and I believe we can do it. So that's where I live. But what I've been seeing is a lot of stats that are saying rain is coming, and right now some of the rain is here. So about the mortgage and real estate market over the past year, I want to take you through something today that I think is a really shocking stat. But first, let's do the building blocks of what has been going on. Uh, because we've been talking about this on the yeah, on PBD I mean, podcast, this right? This has been a conversation for the last couple of years, so there's no surprise here on our end, at least. Exactly. So first of all, we know that printing a bunch of money, all those stimulus checks, people don't know that causes asset inflation. What's asset inflation? Cars cost more. Some of you saw that. Even used cars cost more. And never mind, what was the part they were always trying to get that was a shortage? Semiconductors. Chips, that's yeah. right. Yeah, a few chips. Chips control your air conditioning, your GPS, everything. Everything else. So there was all of that. That had nothing to do with it. That was just a shortage that was also causing problems with during COVID and shipping parts. The underlying asset, cars were going up. Real estate was going up. So the printing money caused that. So the first issue we have in the building blocks was housing prices went up like 25 to 40% all across the USA. Yep. Even down here in South Florida. We're down here at Fort even, Lauderdale. Even crazier. Even crazier. Completely. And so suddenly people couldn't afford homes. And the market started slowing 2022 a little bit for sales. And then what happened beginning of 2022? All of a sudden, we had interest rates. And interest rates were under 3%. In other words, you and I were going down to Wells Fargo and everything to get ourselves a loan for the house. And we were getting 2.75, 3.25, 3.5, depending on our credit. And that was the beginning of 2022 in January. And then the Fed went crazy, right? They went ballistic. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a kid with a credit card with no limit. That's exactly right. And every six weeks, the Fed was quarter point, quarter point, quarter point until interest rates had doubled to 7% in October of 2022. Now, that's only about six months ago. Mm -hmm. And right now, how many, what was that? How many times in a row the Fed raised rates? It's like 10 times in a row? 10, 
10 times in a row, the Fed raised rates. So everybody's waiting. Interest rates going down, they're going to stay flat. The Fed, Jerome Powell, raised it again. Well, what did that do? That's what lifted up everything that was going on. So now you had homes more expensive for people trying to buy them. And then when they went to the bank, the mortgage was going to, the payment was going to be higher because now interest rates were at seven, if they could even still get qualified, right? Or they had to go, they could only afford a $500,000 house. Now that house is six fifty. They can't afford that. Now they got to go find something for five hundred. But now they can't afford that because now the interest rate's up. The payment's going to be higher. Now they have to find a place for four fifty, and they're finding small houses or things, guess what? The whole market slows down. You see what I just described there? That is a factual analysis of what happened to the average American running through this. So the market slows. And so everybody's asking, are the rates going to drop? Where are they going to go? Well, the Fed forecast, and there's a whole bunch of these acronyms that you hear all the time. If you read the Wall Street Journal, you'll see them all the time. And you'll, you can go to all sorts of news stories, you'll be reading something, all of a sudden there's Ackerman. And one of the things that is there is SOFR, Secured Overnight Financing Rate Data. All that means is, what are the averages looking like? What is the weather forecast for interest rates? And there's two to look at. One is the market does what's called betting on futures. So the market, you can tell what the market thinks is going to happen to interest rates, and then you have a Fed forecast. And I think we have a chart on that. And so, Angel, we got the, the chart here, the black line and the yellow line. Let's talk a little about these lines and let's show them to them. So if you're watching at, at, at home or you're driving in a car, I'll, drive, I'll describe this for you. And if you can see it, follow along. The black dotted line is what the Fed believes is where we're going. And what you can see is 2023... You can see it thinks it's going to be flat. And then in January of 2024, um, we are going to see rates going down and finally get back to 3% at the end of 25. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're sitting here almost halfway through 23, and you're saying flat for a while and then dropping down, getting to 3% by the end of 25. That's not good news. Now, the market thinks that that was going to be a little bit more aggressive. As a matter of fact, the market is worried that here in June, that it's not a done deal next week that the Fed will not raise interest rates, that there might be a quarter point raise or maybe one in July before it goes down. So the market was thinking that the Fed would come down a little bit quicker and, matter of fact, a pretty big drop at the beginning of 24. Well, now the Fed forecast thinks, no, I don't think so. Now, why do they think that? because they're getting bad news. They're seeing wages are up. Now, to the Fed trying to control inflation, wages go up mean inflation is not calming down. And the Fed wants to get inflation back for 2%. So all the things that you and I buy, food, energy, heating oil in the Northeast, a lot of electricity in Phoenix for your air conditioners, that all that kind of calms down so that it's less expensive to live. And so we've got, everyone here thinks, it's going to be two years till we get the interest rates back down to where they were a year and three months ago at the beginning of 22, that it's going to be two years till they get back there. And when you listen to the Fed and you see those, and we've been making fun of Jerome Powell, right? Yeah, he's, he's got telling my telling my little a, story about him. About the cheerleaders? Yeah. The U.S. economy is a cheerleader. 
And every time Jerome Powell heads upstairs and bangs the cheerleader, he is pounding the economy. Well, what he's trying to pound is inflation, but it also ends up having another effect on your mortgages, credit card interest rates, everything else. And they say, well, it's a necessary evil to get all these things back into balance. Okay, so I built that up for you to explain why the housing and the mortgage industry is having such a hard time. Houses are still expensive, mortgage rates are still high, yep. and it's making the whole market slow. And along comes not so shocking news. You ready for this? Consumer bankruptcies are suddenly up. Um, we were looking at year-over-year -year stats. Like year-over-year, -year, what was it? Yeah, it's like 20%. Some 20%. Personal bankruptcies are up 20% year-over-year. Not 20% of Americans declaring bankruptcies. The number of bankruptcies from a year ago to now is up 20%. We also saw that total credit cards in this country have hit $1 trillion of balances. In the middle of COVID, after the stimulus checks were out, it was only 650 only 650 to 700 billion dollars all those things come together and we suddenly have the upswing of home prices upswing of mortgage interest rates and this crazy stat i set this whole thing up to bring this to you the demand survey came out and for the people that bought a home in 2022 or the first quarter of 2023, just, we just finished first quarter, 62% of those buyers, at least one payment was either missed or they had to use savings account. In other words, their paycheck and what they were earning and what that cost them to live was not enough. They had to dip into savings to make up the gap and make the mortgage payment, which is usually the largest payment that they have in, in their budget. Or, ready for this, they actually use the credit card cash advance or convenience checks that they send you with the credit card. You know, they send you like yeah. those three emergency checks. Yep. You could just write State Farm on it and pay your insurance if you had to. Like if you're unemployed for a while and you had to find a way to do that. But 62% of the people that bought houses in 2002 and first quarter 2023, 2022, 2023, they actually had to do that for one payment so far because inflation is pinching them and they were probably not prepared for the property tax rates and other things. Now, banks should be evaluating you before they give you the mortgage, but there were mortgage brokers <clears throat> that were pushing qualifications to the edge because they had to do something. You know what they had to do? They had to get homes for their clients. Yeah, and they had to eat. Exactly. Because if they, didn't, if they didn't sell a mortgage, they don't eat. That's how they make money. And a lot of that went down, so they weren't making as much money. So What ends up with, this is scary. Yeah. Bankruptcy's up 20%, 62%. So if you're out there and you're having trouble, God bless you. I hope you can surf this out. But now is a time to be very conservative and to be in control. Now, we like to talk to a lot of small business owners. And we like to, because a lot of you are watching, you know, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, leaders around you know, you're, you're, you're watching all this. And now's the time to live as conservative as you can. And that's what's necessary. We need people to, um, you know, for your own benefit, just to take it easy. And if you're running a business, keep the expenditures down, but be opportunistic about your business. You may be able to pick up business from somebody across town that's having a tougher time than you and absorb that. You may 
be able to grow. And the way you do it is be conservative and prepared in everything you do because in your market, you may be the last man standing, um, like in your town, unfortunately. And we don't wish hardship on people, but like I say, the weather says it's going to rain, and if you've got a rain jacket and common sense, you're going to do better than others. Unbelievable stuff. All right, speaking about last man standing, have you, what about CNN? Oh, my gosh. Last man standing is not Chris Licht. You know, um, incredible. You know, I'm going to dive into this as a case study because the story isn't just, hey, Chris Licht was there for a year, all these things happened, and now he's gone. That's not the story. This is a story of a company that was in trouble, that needed to do some things, that hired a leader. The leader had a boss. So let's think of him as a division president, which he was, and the leader of the larger organization. There was all these other cable channels, Warner, Discovery, all kinds of things. They own CNN. CNN is just one. Think of it as a division. We're going to go look at this because I've got something to say about this. All kinds of headlines all, all weekend, right? It's, it's been all over the place. It's yep. been all over the place. Well, guess what? The initial headlines, are turns out, that you're seeing over this weekend are not the whole story. The mainstream media is sticking together, and all the people at CNN are saying, yeah, it was Chris Licht. He was the issue. Well, let me tell you, like the Kennedy assassination, like Russian interference in the 2016 election, like the war in Ukraine, I'm going to show you that the initial headlines not only don't have the whole story, but they're not necessarily all correct. Um, the media was saying that Licht is out, and his decisions did this and that. And, oh, he lost control of the newsroom, lost the confidence. That may be true, but let's dive into it, okay? Let's step into it. Um, you had people over the weekend. Also, people over the weekend were saying pretty funny things. Yep, there's a lot of interesting Did you see stuff. Coulter's tweet? Coulter's tweet, yeah. Um, and we can see if we could pull it up here, Mr. Reckless. But uh, the tweet was basically saying not many people know that Chris Licht was fired because they announced it on CNN. Right. Yeah, when the ratings are down, even your own bad news doesn't get out, so maybe that's good. Yeah, that's a good thing. So you, you have a, a bunch of people talking about it. So let's go let me step back. Let me start the case study right here. CNN is a business in trouble. I'm going to show you they had a product problem. Maybe your company has had a product problem. Maybe that's been the source of some things. There's product and leadership once you're an existing company. You either lack leadership, maybe it's sales, maybe it's technology, maybe it's whatever it is. Or you have a product problem. People aren't buying it anymore. Someone else has a lower price or a better product. That's usually where it starts. CNN had a product problem, and I'm going to show it to you. Because while Chris Licht and some recent things may have been the last straw, and that's why he left the company over the weekend, I'm going to show you that the, that the first straw was really where it started. And that was under the leadership of a guy named Jeff Zucker, who was at CNN and the product changed dramatically. Let's dive in. So this was a turnaround story. CNN was a turnaround story. Similar to Ford, if you know your history, a guy named Alan Mulally some years ago came back into Ford, became the CEO, really revitalized the product line and the dealer network and lifted Ford up. Also, during 2008, during that time, during what was called TARP, where a bunch of um, bailouts happened during the financial crisis, Ford didn't take any money from the government. Alan Mulally said, I think I've got my company part turned around. I'm here for a turnaround. I think we can make it without any Wait, of that. Keep going. Yeah, he came from Boeing, if I'm not mistaken. That's exact, exactly yeah. right. He came from Boeing. So it was also a transportation com 
some somewhat larger vehicles. It's somewhat larger and <laughs> a little bit more complex maybe, but uh, I think it's the exactly. same principles. But he had Ford in a good position during the financial crisis. He executed the turnaround and didn't even take money during that. That is an example of leadership in a crisis getting it done. We also have um, Steve Jobs. People know the story. Steve Jobs came back to Apple, kind of turned Apple around. The iMac, the iPod were the... It, some initial steps he took, which led to the iPhone. iPod was a music, you know, yep. player. IPads. MP, back when we called them MP3 players, that became the iPhone. And so Steve Jobs turned Apple around. Apple had a product issue. Ford had a product issue. Ladies and gentlemen, CNN had a product issue. Chris Licht was hired in May of 2022. It was May of 2022. Yes. He gets hired. But what happened in February? Let's rewind just into February a little bit, and let's show you what the product looked like when he was brought in by David Zaslav to be the head of CNN. Well, Forbes was reporting that CNN was in the middle of a ratings freefall. Their ratings had collapsed nearly, look at this, 70%. This is Glenn Greenwald, who follows media, actually tweeting about this, and we can see you know, this tweet about the ratings collapse and the, the statistics that were from Forbes. So this wasn't a gossip column. This wasn't page six, as we know in New York talking about it. This was a business publication covering a business story. This company, CNN, had a product problem and people were no longer watching. They had suffered a 70% drop in ratings. Well, part of that was under Jeff Zucker. And here's what happened. During the Trump administration, Trump was a ratings machine. Why? Because every news media outlet could find something to talk about, something to scream about, something to be upset about. More right? than enough tweets. And more than enough tweets yeah. from Trump. And there's this. And there's this. You know, suddenly, you know, they would be interrupting themselves. And, um, you know, Pete Madden is here somewhere, and he'll appreciate this, because... It sounded like Connie Chung's honeymoon, you know, this just in, you know, and we've got all these things and tweets that were running around. So you've got everyone on the business side talking about CNN's product problem, that after Trump left the White House and when Biden came in in February of 21, is when he was inaugurated, January, February there, we were in the middle of the COVID crisis. So it was COVID, COVID, COVID on the news, but there is no more Trump stories. There's a little bit about January 6th and things that were going around, but the main story was COVID. And if you took surveys of the American TV watching consumer, they were getting very fatigued by COVID by this time. They were locked out of jobs. The work from home thing was there. Their kids were locked out of school. And people were getting very impatient, very frustrated by the whole COVID apocalypse of lockdowns. And then Trump's out. So CNN finds itself without this golden goose that was laying tweets every day that were like golden eggs that they could then talk about. And ratings were phenomenal yeah. as the mostly, as a uh, center liberal um, audience on CNN was tuning in. And Zucker was just feeding the beast, but there was nothing being built for after it. And so when Trump is out, Biden is in, and COVID is in full speed, the only thing that CNN had was COVID. And what happened at the beginning of 22? At the beginning of 22, we started to see changes in COVID. It started to calm down. It was mid-year 22 when COVID 
was suddenly not such an alarming thing and the statistics were less crazy and people getting COVID and the variants, they had omnivariant, Delta variant, suddenly the variants weren't so severe causing deaths the way they had been. And so, by the way, that was the first 90 days of Chris Lick. But let's step back to when he walks in and let's look at the primetime cable ratings chart that we have that showed the major networks. And let's look at what was going on as Chris Lick walks in the door. <clears throat> Here it is. Q4 2020, you can see the ratings suddenly drop. The surge that you saw from 19 to 2020 was COVID is here and it was the election campaign, Trump's tweets and being bombastic. And as soon as the election was over, all we're talking about is COVID and you can see the ratings drop like a rock. If you're watching at home, the chart shows CNN on a red line, MSNBC on a blue line, dropping below the ratings they had before the election and before COVID. So during the 2016 to 2020 um, uh, you know, uh, administration of Trump, you can see where their ratings were relatively flat. COVID in the election, they go skyrocketing. Soon as the election is over, they drop like a stone, except Fox goes back to pretty much almost where it was before COVID and before the election. You follow that? Fox manages to stay pretty level in the before and after, but CNN and MSNBC are suddenly lower than they were. Well, guess what? CNN had a product problem. What shows do you have? What news exposés? What interesting coverage do you have for the American viewer to keep them tuned into CNN? Because as Chris Licht is hired, COVID stories are dropping. The American consumer is already fatigued as hell about that. And there's no more Trump except that this January 6th stuff popping up like popcorn. Are we going to indict him? What are we going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Licht didn't have to do with any of that. Nothing to do with it. He was hired as a showrunner who had done Morning Joe. He had done uh, Stephen Colbert. Yep. And he had done CBS This Morning. He was what we call an executive producer and a showrunner. Now he's being asked to run a network and to do it as a turnaround executive. Chris Licht, I've listened to many interviews with him. This is a sharp guy that knows what he's doing. But was he given a job? that he was just not going to be able to succeed at no matter what, I happen to think that's the case. I also happen to think that what was going on at CNN, which was only 5% of Warner Discovery, 5% mm -hmm. of Warner Discovery. So CNN is 5% of Warner Discovery, but over the course of a year, they were like 80% of the headlines, yeah. which is not what David Zaslav wants. It's, yeah. not, it's not a good look. Not the good <laughs> headlines, at least. 5% of my company is 80% of my headaches. It's like, that's the one you got to stop. So let's go take a look at what went on in there. So you don't have any Trump stories. You, you don't have anything that's, that's interesting. You don't have any new programming. But people aren't really listening to COVID. There's no fear of it anymore right. or anything like that. But literally the day before he takes the job, they canceled. They announced a major prod project yep. was being canceled. It was basically stillborn. Mm -hmm. And what was that? That was Chris Como. Well, Chris Como was before, but maybe they, they built an online. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's CNN Plus. Correct, CNN Plus. 
CNN Plus will save the world. So they were actually trying to do something. Zucker was trying to do something. And this is, you know, so they were making an effort. He wasn't sitting around doing nothing. But you get credit for what works, not what doesn't work. Steve Jobs would get credit for things that worked. And now we have iPhones. And unfortunately, Jeff Zucker put all this energy into it. And CNN Plus had all these things lined up. They had, uh, who did they recruit from Fox? Um, they recruited um, uh, mid-tier. He's, he's a moderate guy. Chris Wallace. So they recruit Chris Wallace and all these other people that are going to be on CNN Plus. It goes out the door. No one will subscribe to it. No one is downloading it, and fewer are subscribing. If I have that backwards, no one was downloading, fewer subscribing. Nope, in the case of CNN Plus, that is correct. And so they cancel it. So Chris Licht is there at the announcement, and he walks in to the aftermath mm -hmm. of Chris Como. Yep. The aftermath, actually, the he walks in waving his arms like this because all the smoke, smoke and papers in here. The CNN yeah, Plus is just blown up, and he also has a problem child to manage. Yeah, you may also want to check on Don Lemon. Why? Well, yep. there's some things going on with Don. He was removed. So, moved. but you're in charge now. So, can you go manage that? Yeah, it's your problem. So, yep, there is a problem. So now you got Don Lemon, and Don Lemon was on evening hour. The ratings weren't there. They move him off there. There was some. He was a hard guy to deal with. Apparently, production crew and writers were saying, "Gosh, what a hard guy to work for. He could be such a good journalist. He's so good on camera, but my goodness." He is just a high-maintenance guy, and it's a terrible. And they said, well, his ratings suck, so we're pulling him off the evening. And so suddenly Chris Lick is told, find something to do with him. Yeah. And so his first three months were nothing but the adjustments and a product that nobody wants to watch. So first of all, tell me, how is that Chris Lick's problem? That was, excuse me, how is it his fault? Answer is, it's not his fault, but it was his problem because yep. he was the guy hired to fix it, and he knew it. And you inherit that crap with it. Exactly. So we also find out news leaks, literally 30 days or so after Chris Lick started, there was this leak that CNN had paid a research firm toward the end of 21 to find out why its ratings were tanking. And so I'm, you know, if I was these researchers, I would have taken the retainer check and disappeared for six weeks and say, I'm yep. working on it. Yep. I would have been in Barbados, you know, having umbrella drinks. And I would have come back and said, well, uh, you have no new programming and you don't have Trump to kick around anymore. That's a problem with your ratings. And then I would have cashed a check. So they hired this, um, this research firm to do this. And so off, off they go. So they're, they're working on it. And so David Zaslav had that data. So he knew that they had two things on there. Number one, there was a high left-wing bias. Number two, there was high fatigue for COVID. And number three, hey, you, you canceled that, that mini-series you've been running for a couple of years called Trump is, Trump is a Bad Guy. Yep. What a great mini-series. Why'd you cancel it? Well, because we elected a new president. Well, the viewers, that's not what the viewers saw. The viewers saw, wow, there's no, nothing to see here. So at the time... Zaslav says this, I don't want CNN to be the anti-Trump network, and I want a wider range of political viewpoints. So as Chris walks in, he's greeted by Zaslav that says that. So Chris knows, hey, whatever I do here, I have to widen the viewpoint to be a little bit more moderate. And what Zaslav didn't tell him is the newsroom was packed full of loyalists to Jeff Zucker 
who were hard left-leaning. Yep. And so that group was already, when Licht walks in, they're feeling organ rejection. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what organ rejection is. Organ rejection, when, you, when you're running a business and you hire somebody in, and, it's, and maybe you lost the VP of sales or you had to let somebody go and you bring someone in, the new guy, first of all, is your guy. It doesn't belong to the sales department, doesn't belong to your people. The boss brought in the new guy. And so the first thing you have to do is find a way to win over the hearts of the people that are there because you're there because the guy they liked or the woman they liked got fired or quit. And so the opportunity for organ rejection is high, meaning no one's gonna like this new person no matter what they do. They could walk on water properly. Everybody there is upset about everything that's happened. They're upset at the, at the management, you, and we call it organ rejection, medical term. So CNN was already, you know, Lick didn't come from news, minus number one. He was not hard left. Minus number two. He canceled <clears throat> CNN Plus. Minus he, number three. He came in when they were canceling CNN Plus, and the guy he hired him, you know, they did it, and they got rid of beloved Zucker. He's one of, he's David's guy. Licht here is David's guy. So the, so Licht had his work cut out from him in winning over the newsroom, and that was going to be tough walking in. And then you've got, he's got to make a decision on Lemon. So there's what he's walking into. And he's not a turnaround specialist. And I don't think he had the instincts of a turnaround specialist. There were some things that he did organizationally. He didn't want to be seen as the guy that took Jeff Zucker's office, so he converted it to a conference room, and he took a different office. He didn't want to be seen as that guy, so he had some sense about that. But people also saw that, oh, you don't want to be down here with the newsroom people? You want to be on a different floor? Oh, that's who you are. That's unfair, and that's not what he was thinking. But nonetheless, organ rejection. Here's all the things that are coming at him. So there was already bear traps being formed that even if he hadn't had some of the missteps on programming, which are real, and he hadn't done something with the Atlantic magazine, which I'll talk about, which was real and, and, and not a good decision, really, in retrospect, and I even... Even Licht will say that. You know, that was probably not the right way to do an interview. So he becomes the face of the turnaround against all these headwinds. So tell me, Walter Cronkite himself couldn't have walked in to do this. And Walter's not available. And if he was, he'd be 108 years old and probably yeah. deep into retirement. So he was, you know, just behind it all. So what does he do? He does a bunch of research and he goes to what he knows best. He's a showrunner, so he goes to programming. And he comes up with, remember he did CBS this morning? Yep. Colbert Report mm -hmm. and some other things. So he comes up with CNN this morning. Yep. He's going to, the, he's going to what he knows how to do. And, but guess what he's, he's, he's told? Hey, you've got uh, Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins. Yeah, and we also have to find something to do with Don. The, Don. Yep. Not that Don. The other one. The other Don. Don. Yep. Don Lemon. Right? Well, that was Lick's problem. So you put this thing together, and, you know, it was already known that Don Lemon was not a guy that worked well with an ensemble, meaning other people, like The Five, like The View. He wasn't good in those 
in those situations. He was good for interviews and he was good dealing from the chair in his own show, but he was now being put into an estrogen-infused um, situation in a morning show that wasn't hard news where your points are more subtle. That's not Don Lemon, but guess what? Licht had to do something with Lemon because he's under contract with the network and been with them for like 16 years at that time. So they put him on there. That morning show, you know, licked the showrunner. I don't believe he really had a chance with that. And I've gone back and looked at it. Should he have said, hey, boss, you made me CNN CEO. I don't think that we should do this. I don't think he should be the guy on the show. Who knows the truth of what happened there? But nonetheless, they had to use lemon. They put him on there. And so it was nitro, glycerin, and a martini shaker. You know that wasn't going to end well. And so it didn't end well. Several weeks into it, the ratings aren't there. There's no visual chemistry on the show. People aren't really watching it. And then Don Lemon in kind of this, he wasn't angry, but you could tell he was really just wanting to speak and wanting to be Don Lemon. And he made this comment about Nikki Haley's age and gender. What did he say? He said uh, it was cut off air. He's caught off air, and his co-hosts, which are women, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of sensitivity about women over 40, and there's a lot of people that claim if you're a woman over 40 in broadcast media or in, in, in movies, that that is, like, that is the line of retirement. And so there is a lot of sensitivity to this. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the co-hosts took exception to it as journalists and as women. Yep, and that did not go well for the already turbulent chemistry between them. Correct. And, of course, neither one of those women was part of the extra leaks that got out to page six. Of course not. And uh, what's his name? The guy that covers a lot of media, Oliver Darcy, I believe it was. No, no, no. There were no midnight texts going to him. Not at all. So Don Lemon is told, well, we're going to take him off the air, and I'm going to have a conversation with him. This is licked and we're gonna get him some sensitivity training. So guess what? The bomb that was gonna go off while Licht is trying to duplicate the success he had with CBS this morning, with CNN this morning, two very engaging, friendly females for the female audience and put on you know, African-American male, a nice diverse setup, ba-boom. There goes that plan. And so he has to put Lemon in the penalty box. So now Lemon's in the penalty box. Has to go to diversity training. And then Lemon is popping off from the sidelines saying, yeah, well, whatever, okay. And, and gives this apology that seems sincere. Other people inside said five seconds after the apology, he was, you know, huffing at the camera. So it wasn't real. Well, that means that the people in the newsroom, Don Lemon lost the staff of CNN this morning. They were like, dude, if that's where you are, that's it. So now Lick's got this. So not only has Lick not won the newsroom, his, the new show he's put out hasn't done very well. And he also made a programming decision that didn't go well. For, what is the sister of CNN? It's the one that runs the news loop all the time. HLN, Headline News. Headline News loops, and they said, we're no longer going to make live programming for Headline News. Headline News will carry the morning show and some other things. So suddenly it's like, wait a minute. So it, it, there's no identity. There's no unique content. There's nothing special. There's no, what was her name? The foreign correspondent. It was just freaking genius on um, war and political. Christina 
Aramapur. Am I pronouncing that right? So we don't have her. All these things that were on CNN headline news. So you see what's happening? The product isn't being improved. And he walks into a product problem. He walks into this things going on. Now, I'd be willing to bet that some of you that are watching this or listening right now, you've been part of a company. You say, my goodness, things like that happened to my company. You could just change the names and the nouns in the industry. And I could show you where I had a VP of sales that was out of control, that was wearing out salespeople. I replaced them with somebody that turned out to be worse, unfortunately, and I had to replace that person. And I went through it and everybody was mad at me. Exactly. And I'm going to get to how you can avoid it and how you can manage turnarounds. Nonetheless, the new product things don't really work. And these, the changes, the headline news and the morning show, they don't work. And in the middle of that, in the middle of this, CNN has to go out and announce horrible financial results because the advertisers were stepping back. There was no Trump. There was COVID was wearing people out. They were seeing the ratings and they'll say, look, I'll put my ad for Ford trucks or for Levi's jean or for Red Bull. I'll put it on there for this kind of an audience. But if there's only this much audience, sorry, dude, I'm taking a zero off my check, but that's what I'll pay you for advertising. That's when you start losing your ad dollars and they start shrinking, you lose your ability to invest in new product programs that people will watch. And so in the middle of all this, now Lick is in front of the microphone talking about first quarter earnings and talking about the horrible results. And by the way, he didn't walk in the door until May. And so now that and, and, and when he walks in the door, he didn't even have his desk organized when the month of May was over and two thirds of second quarter was over. And yet there are these announcements about how these horrible ratings had impacted the financial results. So once again, and everybody's saying, well, what is Chris Lick doing about this? Well, you're there to be the savior, so part of that is a fair question. But the other part of it is you got to remember what got you here and, and where it all started. So the newsroom loved Zucker, and they were not being helpful. Um, and they were losing money under, under Zucker, losing ratings, but Zucker was defending them. I'd like to have a sales a boss like that. Hey, it doesn't matter that we're doing poorly. I've got your backs. You're going to keep your contracts. Man, I was at NBC forever. I got this. That was Jeff Zucker. And so, boy, I'd like to have a boss like that to help me guarantee that you know, there's not going to be layoffs and stuff, even though we're not doing well. Well, you know what? You can't do it that way. There needs to be a coach in there. And coaches need to be respected, not necessarily loved. And here's a lesson. When Licht walked in there, the opportunity wasn't to be a tyrant. And it wasn't necessarily be loved, but you did need to win the respect of the newsroom for where you were going and the respect of the team. And if you take a look at Phil Jackson, Bill Belichick, Pat Riley, Pat Riley what, can you, what can you tell us about those I'd kind of say coaches? They were, they were definitely respected over loved. They might not be liked all the time, but they were respected for sure. How many uh, Christmas cards do you think Bill Belichick gets? I don't know if he's a, a big uh, Christmas card On a 40-man team. I'd say not too many, probably. Yeah. Probably three. And somebody sent them to the wrong bill. Maybe. So, but they get results, and they're respected. And the team knows that the boss's decision is for the good of the team. And, that, and that's what didn't happen here. So now, these people that have all worked to remove uh, Licht, 
They're all undermining him. They're loyal to Zucker. All this is going on. That was like a powder keg ready to blow. And then what happened? We all read about it. And we read about the, um, the Atlantic story. Story in the Atlantic. <clears throat> so let me, let me break it down to you from here. Licht was not the problem, but he was also not the solution, and he didn't get a solution in place. Ratings were already down. CNN Plus was a stillborn disaster. Talent issue all over the place. We didn't even talk about Tubin and what he did and getting himself suspended. And Cuomo going out the door. Lemon eventually going out the door. Lick takes the job. Content changes have to be made. The Trump miniseries is over. You know, finances are dictating cuts. And Zazov, you go take a look at the guy who's the head of Warner Brothers Discovery that owns CNN. He knows how to lay off and to squeeze operational profits out of things, which he was trying to do at CNN at the same time. And organ rejection hand happening in the newsroom and new prog programming, the morning show and some other things hampered by the talent don't go as planned at all. How was Licht able to get anything accomplished? How did he get a reorg done against this? That's impressive. How did he get a, you know, the morning show even launched, you know, against this backdrop and against financial constraints and laying off and everything that's going on. That's where it is. But then he did something that, you know, he, do you remember the movie Almost Famous? I don't know. The movie Almost Famous is a semi-autobiography about the life of Cameron Crowe as a young writer for okay. Rolling Stone. And the movie was written and directed by Cameron Crowe. And it shows how he ends up on the road with a band. He learns everything about the band. And when he finally, after two weeks, is able to escape and get back. And by the way, it turns out he's underage, too. He's like 14, 16 years old, traveling with this band. Writes this article about the band. Because while he was on the road with the band, they became friends. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this article for Rolling Stone. And when the band saw it in Rolling Stone, they freaked out. Because it was covering drugs, sex, rock and roll, everything about the band. If you know the movie Almost Famous, Chris Lick just had an almost famous moment. He became very friendly and close with a writer from the Atlantic, let him follow him around during the day, went to workouts with him, went to lunch with him. He was off the cuff with him. Well, when you're off the cuff with a writer who's going to do a big story, you're, you're what's called on the record. Oof. And you can say, don't put that on the record, don't this. And the writer is like, I'm covering you broadly. That's what they're going to say. And so he made some comments about CNN's COVID coverage. He made some comments about their Trump coverage. Um, he also, while this writer is following him around, he organized the Trump town hall that presented by CNN, which went poorly for two reasons. One was not Chris Lick's fault. Trump was just magnificent in the way he defended himself and what he did, and they were not ready for that guy. But the second, the audience feels like it wasn't like a neutral audience put together, that it really was like a MAGA audience that was overwhelmingly, you know, you know cheering the, the ex-president, but not supporting the moderator, that, that this should have been a more neutralized 
audience there so that the moderator could be celebrated. Hey, good point. You're making a good point to him. And then Trump could be celebrated. Well, you're defending yourself well there. Or no, I'm not buying that. So if it was a more neutral audience, maybe it would have been a better aesthetic in terms of the audience sound that was there for a live town hall. Well, nonetheless, that didn't go well. That was also the good and bad and the ugly of everything going on backstage. That ended up in the article as well. And when that article from The Atlantic came out, it was sort of the last straw. People were already preparing the organ rejection, didn't win the newsroom, and then were really upset because they hated the fact that CNN gave Trump even one second of airtime. Even if the town hall had been done right, there were hard liberal people inside CNN that said he should be indicted. We shouldn't give him an ounce of stage to say anything, and we did it. So there was that, and then when the Atlantic issue comes out, that was unfortunately the bullet that was used by the executioner, and the executioner was the guy that hired him. And I will say this, at least David Zaslav said this, this is on me, because he was the one that hired him, and he knew it was a turnaround. He knew what was going on out there. And a quote from Chris shows me that he understood what was in front of him. And I want, I want to take you to this. Quote, and we have to be able to ask questions and have conversations that people understand about what's happening. We've completely lost the ability to have difficult conversations without being demonized or labeled. It's okay to ask questions, to have difficult conversations. You can strongly believe in something at your core, but that doesn't affect the truth. And so he was out there, he knew what he had to do, but it, it didn't come together. But I believe there was a lot of things that were going on in here that were never, never going to be rectified under him. And there are some smart people out there that have uh, tweeted some things. And let's pull the tweet from... Um, do we have it in there? The tweet from Professor G? Yes, it's, Scott early, Galloway? it's, it's earlier. On the Galloway tweet. It's, uh... Prof G, as he's known, Scott Galloway, puts out a, here. a tweet. And he said the following. I mean, we'll have it up there, but I'll read it here for people who may be driving or listening. The real reason Chris Lick failed was not the way he executed his job, but the way it was conceived in the first place to turn CNN back into the neutral arbiter of truth, which is impossible in today's fractured, polarized cable news environment. So that is Scott Galloway, a respected guy. He's the podcast and um, not, not known as Prof G, does a lot of great content. Um, and he's out there saying, look, this was never going to work. That's a bit fatalistic, but it's a, it is a pretty impassioned voice from the outside that's also impartial, I think. It's pointing out how difficult this was going to be to do it. Now, here's one element of the case study. What now? So when you walk into this, let's pretend that we are now the board of directors. The real question is, what do you do with CNN now, and what can you do? And by the way, the guy running it, has bought and sold networks like a Monopoly game, and that's what built Warner Brothers Discovery, because David Zaslav is not a uh, turnaround guy either. 
He's a lawyer turned uh, manager, director, executive of Cable Nets, who was very big on the deal-making side. He may say he's touched programming in his career at CNBC and others, but this guy's really a deal-maker, and he understands tax. He comes from the John Malone side of thinking out of these cable networks about running high profitability, tax benefits, and squeezing profits out where you have to when creative teams become bloated or networks become bloated is forcing them to be more like manufacturing companies and be more efficient. Well, over his, you know, over his life, he's earned a reputation for gutting networks. Doesn't sound like a turnaround guy to me. Doesn't sound like the more entrepreneurial Ted Turner that said, we're gonna build this, this is CNN, this is what it's, by the way, that was the original thing, James Earl Jones. This yep. is CNN. That's where it was. <clears throat> so he really wasn't, you know, the guy either. And so here he's got a network that's 5% of it. <clears throat> and here's some comments that have come from the private equity side. Wall Streeters who know David say at some point he will up and unload the place probably to PE or bean counters who could care about anything but the bottom line further constraining what was once a proud network. So all the people that worked on organ rejection, I'd be willing to bet that there's a lot of them that are sitting right now worried about what's next. Because as much as, as they didn't like what was going on and they didn't like him, you just got him toasted. He did some things that helped. The Atlantic article was not very helpful. Well, or, or helpful. And by the way, I guess one of the PR people and a couple other people that were part of the, that article were also let go. Yep. So you, you, and you. So it's Out. obviously that the Atlantic article resulted in the temporary truncation of careers, not just Chris Lick. So <clears throat> that's what you've got it. So let's talk about it. You know what? In a past life, I was faced with this on a very small scale. I was not, it was not a CNN and I wasn't on these harsh lights, and I was not on red carpets every weekend for opening of shows. But it was, a, it was a small technology company. But I walked in, and I soon realized after I was hired that the board was not 100% behind the CEO. And the CEO, after a number of months, left. We had, I had to win the respect of the people that were left, even though we had to lay off some people, and we had to work on the product and I had to hire an expert, and this happened to be that it came from media, a really great guy that came from media, by the way, and hire him in. And I had a board member that came from media as well. So I've kind of seen this on a small scale that was a turnaround. Now, we were mostly successful with it. We you know, got some money out of it and sold it to a, an aggregator. Good. But I understand what it's like on a small basis to have to win the group, fix the product, people are leaving, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, Chris Licht is a bad guy. And everything I've read, he didn't suddenly become dumb. And he sudden, didn't suddenly become the guy that, he didn't suddenly become not the guy that did Colbert, that did CBS This Morning, that did Morning Joe. He's still that guy, he's still a great showrunner and an executive, executive producer. It's not here. So when it's time to do it at your company and you have to make a transition and you have to turn around, whether it's a sales department or other things, the first thing you have to do is you have to, during the transition, 
You, as the leader, need to win the newsroom. And whether your newsroom is your tech team, whether your newsroom is your sales team, whether your newsroom is your operations team, you as the leader need to win them as you are searching for the next individual. Because you want to get your hours back to go do what you need to do to lead the company because you have to hire somebody to lead this area where you need to turn around in your organization. And so you have to win your own newsroom, point one. Point two, you have to equip the individual for success. You can't leave the new leader on an island just to be picked at and be the subject of organ rejection later. You have to pull everyone together and empower the new leader and support the new leader in a non-dictatorial way. <clears throat> and the last thing you have to do is you have to be visible, visible, visible and give access, access, access to people that are the impacted people on the team so they can have a voice because you know what? The people that are in the machine every day might have some information for you. Not gossip, not secrets, not scuttlebutt, but they may say, you know, we weren't doing this for the last several you know, months with the other person here with our customers. I think we need to get back to that. You need to be transparent and give access to them. <clears throat> this is how you can handle a turnaround, whether it's a department or you're a leader that's being walked in. And if you're being offered a job, and this is a big high paying job, and a lot of people would say, Chris Licht is not gonna um, turn that job down. That's a fantastic high paying job. He's not gonna turn that down. Well, now, now he may wish he had done something different, <clears throat> but he's gonna walk into that and he's gonna take it. However, if I was going into that, I would step back and say, have you prepared the patient for the organ transplant? Let's, because we want, we want the company to succeed. Those people don't wanna be laid off. You know, they want their bonuses. They want safety and security for their, their life, their spouse, their kids, whatever it is. They want that. But human fear and insecurity will cause them to go straight to organ rejection because they want the old boss, perhaps. Some of them may be glad he's gone and you have no problem with those, those ones. That's where it sits. And so CNN, I think, is a case study of you didn't prepare the organization for the organ transplant and you brought in the wrong organ that was highly talented in so many ways, but was not the guy to turn around a news organization. Licht is not a guy without media credentials or capabilities. He is. And he will land on his feet, I think, in fantastic fashion after a little bit of a honeymoon from this, and he's probably off somewhere, hopefully having an umbrella drink with an ice bag on his head saying, wow, that didn't go as planned. But this is, this is how you set it up, and this is how you do it. You know, you've seen me do case studies, and you've seen things, you know, been sitting here as a lot of this has gone on. Yep. When, when you see all this, what do you think about the media coverage versus the reality? Or, or what, what other thoughts you have? No, because obviously there's you always a, have kind of an edge. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of conflicting um, interests in terms of people that want, like the media room wants one thing, he wants one thing, I'm sure the investors want one thing. And I feel like he's definitely put in between a rock and a hard place here where there's really no winning over everyone. Uh, and I think the question then too for him is going into it, was he aware that this was a turnaround? 
did CNN know that this was a turnaround? Or is they, are they going in with him just looking to improve it or fix it? Eh, we just it. need a new guy. This yeah, is we CNN. Just, we, we got just, this. We a, just need a new guy. It's a new news cycle. We need a new guy. He's going to fix it. He's going to redress these, some of these issues. But unless you go in knowing it's a, it's a turnaround, because obviously then you have to be a little bit more stern in terms of like, okay, I'm the new sheriff in town, and you need to either position people who can help you push whatever you're trying to push, or you need to get rid of people who are going to get in your way. But unless, obviously, he's aware of what he's going up against, then it's hard to know about these people who are pushing him back and making his life a lot harder on that end. Yep. And there were insiders that were leaking out, a couple of them saying, yep. look, he was trying to go to a neutral point, yep. and there was no way the majority of the folks in that organization no, were going to go course. there. No, of course. Which means they weren't ready for the, they weren't ready for the organization. Change. Plan. Yeah, so, so whatever he's trying to solve for, unless they're willing and on board to go for the same goal, then you're just running on a treadmill and not getting anywhere. Well, that's what we think, but what do you think? Leave some comments down below. Please subscribe. We're here every Monday at 11.30 Eastern Time. I want to know what you think. More importantly, who would you like us to see kind of do a drill down and do live case studies of some situations, things you could learn for your business or you're just curious about, like, what the heck happened there? I'm Tom Ellsworth, the BizDoc, and we'll be here to do it. Until next time, I hope we left you better than we, we found, found you. you. Take care.